Welcome to the Hidden Archives. I am your curator and host, Nicole Clark. The illustrious Mary Shelley once said, No man chooses evil because it is evil. He only mistakes it for happiness, the good he seeks. So before we get to the evil that is to follow, do what is good and heed this reminder. If you choose to enter the Hidden Archives, If you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content may follow. This is your warning. For many people in committed relationships, they find that, as time passes, the person they thought they loved isn't quite who they seem. When circumstances don't allow for change, frequently the only option is to talk about it. So, if someone says, let me tell you about my wife, it may be very helpful to listen. Let me tell you about my wife. Her name is Ashley, and honestly, she is about as unique as her name. That is to say, not very. But I didn't know that when we first got together. We were young, high school sweethearts really, and I was smitten with the first girl that actually showed a glimmer of interest in me. So we got together and never saw a need to separate. We were all that the other knew. Sure, there were lots of good times. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have seen fit to marry her. But there were lots of bad times too. The latter didn't seem like any reason to end it and go our separate ways. We just saw overcoming these rough patches as growth. We would be closer in the end, stronger for our refinement by fire. There was a lot of shallow poetic bullshit like that in the early years. Like I said, we were young and comfortable with the status quo that our relationship had become. So after a few years of community college, we went to the same local school, and after each of us had earned our associate's degrees, we decided to make it official. In the spring of the year we graduated, we were married and settled down in our hometown. It was nice, for a while. We lived the life of any typical lower-middle-class American couple. She had a job as a medical receptionist for the pediatric clinic, and I worked as a football coach for, ironically enough, the crosstown rival of my wife and I's high school. We weren't getting rich from these careers, but we made enough to afford two cars and a mortgage on a small house on the edge of town. Ah, yes, the typical stale, white-bred American wet dream. Look. I've never had any delusions of grandeur, but our life together got so damn plain after about four or five years of marriage. There was no advancing our careers. Neither of us could afford higher education, and we're stuck with each other. Stuck with our life, because there was absolutely no good reason for a change. I described our life as stale white bread, because that's what it was. Stale. Boring, unchanging, unchallenging, and absolutely draining. There was no joy. There was no love. Once infatuation had worn off, 
we had become little more than roommates that occasionally fucked. Neither of us had any real-life skills. I couldn't fix a car or take care of a lawn with any great success, and she couldn't cook or clean with any of the same. I can count on one hand the number of times she told me she loved me during these years. I can count on one hand the number of times I was excited to come home to her. I can count on one hand the number of times I was motivated enough to talk to her about the stagnant nature of our life together. Hell, counting on one hand is about the only useful skill I had. But it was more than her. Sometimes, I would want to talk to her if, for nothing else, just to create some white noise to fill in the void in the room. Most of the time, though, she couldn't be bothered. She would just sit there on her laptop buying useless shit from her high school friends' Etsy accounts or commenting on these same friends' Twitter feeds. It was like she was still stuck in high school. She had no ambition, no energy, no drive, nothing. Sure, I wasn't much better, but occasionally I would encourage her to maybe make an Etsy of her own. But what would I sell? I can't make neat crafts. Would be her reply. Sometimes I would encourage her to go make new friends. But I like the friends I have. Or, I'm not good at meeting new people. Would be her counter to that suggestion. Clearly, I would think to myself, otherwise you might enjoy life more by feeding off of other people's energy, rather than draining it from me. God, those years were rough. I mean, I haven't told you much. But trust me, that is all there is to tell. But before you start forming opinions about me not being any different, I want to let you know that I did try to improve myself, at least. In our second year of marriage, I started taking French classes at the local community center. I got quite good, too. After that, probably in our third or fourth year of marriage, I took some creative writing classes there as well. I may not be good enough at either to write the next American or French novel, but I think it provided some good personal growth. I did invite Ashley along to these events, but she couldn't be bothered. Why learn French? We'll never go to Paris. Or, I took literature in high school. I can write fine enough. Well enough. You can write well enough. Not that I ever said that aloud. There was no correcting Ashley. She knew what she knew, and that was that. She may have been a healthy young woman, but inside she was dead and cold. She was spiraling around a black hole and dragging me in with her. At the center of this black hole was the cold nucleus of perpetual, crushing, low mediocrity. But what could I do? Leave her, ruin my finances in the process, and have to start my adult life from scratch on the wages of a high school football coach? Forget that. I couldn't cheat on her either for virtually the same reasons. If she found out, and she would, our marriage would end and she'd get everything. The thought did cross my mind. I could kill her. It would be easy. Our small town has a lot of places and ways that have 
fatal accident waiting to happen, just written all over them. Oh no, my dear wife Ashley just crashed her car into the river because her brakes failed, and I was too inept to notice a problem with the car. Huh, yeah, that would work. But, just to cover my ass, I don't think I'm capable of something like that. Not motivated for it either. So yeah, that's my life. Well, until recently, anyway. My wife has changed. It was subtle at first. I think I first noticed it about a month ago. I'd come home from coaching our team at an away game. It was a big game. We were playing the high school I attended. I believe I already mentioned that this is the rival school of the school I coach at. And one of my former teammates from when I played is now a coach there. So I had a personal rivalry. If I'm being honest, the other coach is still a good friend of mine. We even played a year or two of college ball together. So it's just friendly competition. Because of all this, both teams and coaches were really motivated to win. My team's record wasn't great this year, but we stood a solid chance. We trailed in the first half, but wouldn't you know it, we won with a field goal at the last possible second. I was feeling pretty damn good right then. The adrenaline and energy were through the roof. Everyone on my team was excited, and we didn't have a care in the world. Except for me when I finally got into my car to drive back home. Sure, I had just celebrated with my team and colleagues, but I wanted to share my good times and achievement with someone important to me. Of course, I was driving home to Ashley. What would she care? She never got excited about my job. Never asked how my day was or how the games and practices went. She wouldn't listen when I'd tell her anyway, wouldn't show compassion if we lost, and wouldn't congratulate me if we won. Honestly, my own enthusiasm was pretty much already depleted when I pulled into my driveway. I shut off the car's engine and just sat for a while in the driver's seat. I could just start it back up, drive to the local dive bar, have a few drinks, and share my day with the bartender. I knew him, not because I frequented the bar, but because he was also on my high school team. God, no one left this damn town. I was just about to go through with it. I had my hands on the key about to turn it when I saw the front door open. Ashley stepped out, smiled real wide, and put her hand up in an enthusiastic wave. I just stared at her. What the hell was going on? I mean, normally, she wouldn't even rise off the couch when I got home and walk through the door myself, let alone come out to greet me when I pulled into the driveway. This was weird. Cautiously, not even breaking eye contact with Ashley, I pulled the keys out of the ignition instead. As I stepped out of the car and closed the door behind me, Ashley almost sprinted up to me and pulled me into a hug. 
She was still wearing that shit-eating grin as she pulled slightly away and looked me dead in the eyes. How was the game? You looked down. Did the Tigers win? She asked this second question with a bit of a pouty tone. Um, uh, no, the mongoose, uh, uh, we won. I was befuddled. What was her agenda? But before I could ask her this, she let me go from her embrace and started hopping up and down, clapping as she squealed. Congrats, honey. Go get him. Oh, I have an idea. Let's go celebrate. Let me just lock the front door, and we'll head to the bar where Bernie works. You can tell him how you wiped his team all over the floor. With that, she ran back to the front door, reached her arm inside to grab her keys off the hook, closed and locked the door, and ran back to the car where she practically jumped into the passenger seat. I just stood there thinking, what the actual hell is happening right now? Until she rolled down the window and asked if I wanted her to drive. I declined, got back into the driver's seat, and we took off. That was one of the best nights we have had together in a very long time. We were out at the bar, laughing, joking, and drinking until about one in the morning. When we finally got home, it was like, well, it was like the honeymoon we never had. Neither of us had work the next day, so I expected to wake up next to Ashley. However, when I finally did wake up, she was nowhere in sight. Had it all been a dream, or... Was it just a one-off incident? Would I find her sitting on the couch, disinterested, and glued to her laptop when I went out into the living room? I got dressed and cautiously made my way to the living room to inspect the situation. I peeked around the corner from the hallway into the living room and spied Ashley sitting on the couch, laptop perched on the coffee table, and her eyes zoned in at the screen. Fucking perfect. I guess everything was back to normal. I peeled away from the corner and stood in the hallway, just kind of thinking about the night before and how much I enjoyed it. But after a moment of this, Ashley called me. Aren't you going to come in here, hun? I've got something I want to ask you. Come out of that hallway and sit with me. This proved it. Something was up. She had some sort of hidden agenda, and last night was just a way to butter me up. I summed up the courage to face her and made my way to the couch beside her. So, I've been thinking about changing jobs. I want something different, something more stimulating. I found one on the internet and I want your opinion. She turned the laptop so that I could see the job posting. I read it only to find out it was for a position as a front desk agent at a hotel in Canada. Uh, Ashley, this is in Quebec. I think that's a bit far away, don't you? Well, I chose it because there's another position that suits you at a different company there. Here, look. She clicked around on the laptop for a second, then turned it to me again. This job posting was for a sports writer at a local Quebec publication. It did seem enticing. 
I love sports, and I could put my creative writing training to good work. A change might be nice. But there were several problems, and one was chief among them. Ash, you know they speak French in Quebec, right? Oui, she said. I laughed as I replied, I think you will need to know a little more than that. And then she went off in fluent French about how we could make it work and how we should get the process going so that we can move as soon as possible. I could barely keep up with her. How the hell did she suddenly know French? Was she taking online learning? Could that be the reason for her computer addiction? I was dumbfounded. I let her go on for a while, and we eventually actually submitted resumes for the two positions. Honestly, I was pretty much just going along with her. Something was up. Something was seriously wrong. What was all this energy and ambition? Where was it coming from? How could she have these new skills? Why did we have to move and start this new life as soon as possible? This was not the woman I married. At that time, how little did I know how accurate this statement was. She remained like this. Motivated, enthusiastic, energetic for the next few weeks. She was a different woman. At first, I was just going along with all of it because I was blindsided by it. But as I regained my composure, I also regained my perspective. Something was up and I had to get to the bottom of it. I started by just observing her, taking notes about how she was behaving. After a while of this, I confronted her. I asked her what the change was all about why she wanted to move to a new country and start a new job, when she started feeling this way. But every time I asked, she dodged the question and changed the subject. If I pushed, she would become agitated and even seemingly a little scared. I decided to change my approach. Again, I went along with it to her face. But at this point, I started researching all of her behaviors online. I thought there might be a medical explanation. But nothing came of this research. I posted about it in a few online forums, but people would just reply with things like, Be happy for her. Enjoy it while you can. She just turned over a new leaf. And she might have found religion. This last one was intriguing. I hadn't thought of that. So I asked her if she had found God. This question seriously did frighten her. Of course she said, Don't be silly. And immediately changed the subject. Shouldn't a newly religious person be excited to share their newfound faith? I decided to research this question with her new behavior. But again, nothing came up. Trying to figure out what was going on was getting tedious. I was spending more time on the computer than she was at this point. So I decided that the only way I was getting any answers would be to get it straight from her. 
Eventually, she would have to talk to me about it, right? If not, I would have to start snooping. This wasn't something I wanted to do, invading her privacy, but after several more attempts to ask her directly about it and her not relenting to me, I had no choice. It started with just kind of spying on her. Other than her change in behavior, there was nothing really weird going on. She wasn't using drugs, or going to church services, or chanting for the devil. So the next logical place to look was at her internet search history. From doing this, I found out that she had pretty much deleted all of her Etsy and social media accounts and cut ties with all of her old friends. She was also searching herself a lot. Like, she would Google her own name, Ashley Williamson, with other words like description, location, social media, etc. These searches also became more specific and more sinister. Ashley Williamson, Quebec. Ashley Williamson, Missing. Ashley Williamson, Cause of Death. Hell, my name appeared a few times in her search history with similar specifics. It was my turn to be scared. I went to the internet one more time. I wasn't sure what to ask, however. What was she trying to do? Change our lives? End them? I couldn't Google that stuff, so I just went with the straightforward question. What to do when your wife is different? God, you should have seen some of the shit that came up in that search. Not surprisingly, there was a lot of porn. I scrolled past this. Mostly. The further I scrolled, the weirder the results got. Eventually, I stumbled across something interesting, though. It was a short article in some sort of supernatural magazine. The title of the article read, What it means when a loved one suddenly isn't themselves. This intrigued me, so I clicked and continued reading. The first paragraph read as follows. Have you noticed that one of your loved ones is acting differently? Is it like they are a completely different person even though they look the same? If medical tests reveal them to be healthy and they haven't changed religions, you may have an imposter in your life. If this describes your situation, follow this link to an article about how to get rid of a doppelganger. That's right, you may be dealing with a potentially dangerous imposter and it may be too late for your loved one. Once a doppelganger takes the place of someone, it usually means the original person is dead and you might not be far behind. I read the rest of this article instead of jumping to the one about ridding myself of a doppelganger. I had never heard of such a thing. I didn't think it could be serious, but there were some interesting bits of information in the article. First, it's said that a doppelganger will often assume the life of the person they intend to replace. Once they are successful with that, they will kill and replace the original. The article also went on to say that people around the doppelganger might be at risk, especially if they become suspicious. But this was absurd, 
That kind of stuff isn't real. It's as believable as fairies, Bigfoot, and Nessie. However, it was the only thing that offered an explanation for everything that had been happening. I just needed proof. To be safe, even though it seemed completely illogical, I cleared my browsing history in case Ashley started snooping around on my computer. I then went to look for real evidence, something that I could use to come to a rational conclusion. So I started sorting through drawers when Ashley wasn't home, and I even resorted to going through the garbage. There was nothing in the latter, but I did find something in the former. In my nightstand, I found a note tucked into an old copy of Edgar Allan Poe that I had started reading a few months before all of this, but soon forgot about. Ashley knew that I was reading this book and would eventually come back to it. That must be why the note, which I knew was from her, was carefully concealed on the page I had bookmarked. This note was real. I recognized her handwriting, but I still couldn't believe what she had written. It read, I know this is crazy, but I need you to read until the end. I am in danger. I don't know what's happening, and I don't know how to fix it. There's a woman stalking me. She looks exactly like me. I tried to ask her what the fuck when I caught her outside in the backyard, but she got real aggressive and then ran off. I think she wants to kill me. I've been getting death threats in my PMs. These threats are coming from my own profile. She says she wants to replace me, to take over my life. I need to leave. I can't stay there. By the time you find this note, I will already be gone. I'm moving to Canada. If it seems like I am still there when you read this, then it is actually her. Come save me. Kill her. I wasn't about to kill anyone based on some delusional letter, obviously. But I needed to figure this out. The only thing I could think to do was confront Ashley with the note in hand. I didn't have to wait long for this opportunity, though, as when I had finished reading it, I turned around to find her standing in the doorway of our bedroom. I held up the note and looked at her with a mix of anger and concern. Ash, what the fuck is this? I found this note in my Poe book. She got an angry look on her face for a moment. Then her expression softened as she said, Oh, don't worry about that. I was drunk. Do you even know what it says? Just some paper. I must have accidentally left it there as a bookmark. I was reading that the other day. I didn't want to lose my place, and I didn't want to lose yours. Simple drunken mistake. It's a letter, Ashley, written to me. Do... Do you even know what's on it? What it says? Like I said, I was drunk when I was reading that book. I don't remember. You don't read horror. It gives you nightmares, especially if you've been drinking. I was getting angry and my voice was starting to rise. 
Apparently, she saw this as threatening and started to slowly advance towards me as she raised her voice in response. Don't you start with this bullshit. I can do whatever I want. You can't dictate what I read or write. Funny choice of words. Dictate. I never said what you can or can't do. I asked what you did do. So, would you care to dictate what is on this letter? Just give me the overall theme. Go on. She must have been trying to guess what the letter said based on how I was reacting. Because she said, It says some very hurtful things. Things I was thinking about you at the time because of the wine and the horror stories. Don't take it seriously. I'm over it. No, it doesn't. Let me see it. I bet if I do, it will be your first time seeing it. Let me see the damn letter. No. Let me tell you what it says. It says you aren't real. You aren't you. Her expression was one of shock for a moment, but then it turned into resolution and acceptance. Fine. You caught me. What are you going to do? No one will believe you if you tell anyone. Plus, I could have someone replace you, too. You're out of options. I thought real carefully about how I would respond. She was right. There was nothing I could do or say because the doppelganger had caught me just as badly as I caught her. But she didn't let me respond. Before I end this, before you are replaced, I need to know, because it would have been a lot easier for you otherwise. How did you find out? You were real shitty at impersonating Ashley. You went overboard on the whole loving wife thing. She left me very little time to complete my research. She caught on to me before I got the whole picture. What did you do with her? Is she still alive? She... escaped. I think she went to Canada, but I don't know where. I just know she has a cousin there. In Ontario, not Quebec. So what? Are you going to kill her after you kill me? Probably. Shame about you, though. You've been very helpful. Yeah, well, I try. I said sarcastically. But an idea occurred to me. You know, I'm not actually out of options. In fact, I have one really good option. Care to indulge me? Care to be a little more helpful before you die? Oh, death isn't the option. I could be helpful. I could go to Canada with you. Make it look natural to draw some of the heat off your trail. And what do you get out of killing your wife? Some sick satisfaction of dragging her down with you? I said death wasn't the option. You see, I got an email this morning. I got the job in Quebec. I bet you did too. Forget about the real Ashley. Up until now, these last few weeks with you have been the happiest I've been in a long time. So, what do you say? Let me tell you about my wife. Her name is Ashley, and she is about as unique as her name. 
definitely not one of a kind. In fact, she's actually a doppelganger. She is the better Ashley. She made me stop referring to my first wife as the real Ashley as soon as we got to Quebec. She may not be an original, but our life here is good, and every day is a new adventure. The moral of tonight's story seems to be that there is no problem that moving to Canada can't solve. We'd like to thank you all for joining us once again, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There are many more stories from the Hidden Archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another glimpse into the archives. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex animo, ex tempus, in archivum. <laughs>